that over the last couple of years, probably even longer, you may not even believe this statement. But I'm going to say it, and then I want you to think about it, and then I'm going to ask all of us to say it out loud together, okay? So here it is. We are a generation of honor, okay? Let's say it together. Ready? On the count of three, whether you believe it or not, let's say it together. Say it with, with enthusiasm. One, two, three. We are a generation of honor. Could you say it one more time? We are a generation of honor. This is one of the unwritten core values that I would love to build into the fabric of this church. This is one of the core values that I would love to build into the fabric of our community. Most definitely our country. We freely give honor to those who've come before us, to those who serve beside us, and to those who are above us. Now, why, why do you say that? Are they some sort of special kind of people? Yes, we're all special in God's eyes. You say why, and this is what I would say, because of the great potential that God has placed inside each one of us. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, verse 57. Matthew 13, verse 57. If you forgot your Bibles, no worries. Most of the verses will be on the screen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 57. Here's what God's Word says. It says, And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in Jesus. Then he, that's Jesus, told them, then he told them, a prophet is, and there's our word for the day, honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. Now, the next verse, I don't think it's coincidence. I think you read verse 57, and then when you get to verse 58, I don't think that you can take, you can look at verse 58 and, and read it flippantly. I think you've got to connect the two. Verse 50, 58, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And so he, this is Jesus once again, and so he, Jesus, did only a few miracles there. And the rest of the verse says, because they did not believe him. I want us to have a conversation today about this word, honor. Say that word with me. Say it nice and loud. Honor. There's a principle in the Bible that I want to show you today. And it teaches us about the spirit and the power of honor. And it teaches us basically that when we practice the spirit of honor, when we have this, this power of honor in our lives. It releases God's blessing in our lives. And the hand of God, somehow it just moves. Now, the opposite is also true. The opposite is true. If you don't have the spirit of honor in your life, you will face limitations. You'll face limitations in the classroom. You'll face limitations in the workforce. 
within your family unit, you'll face limitations. You don't show honor to a coach or a police officer or the customer that's in front of you. And, and you will feel that you will, you will notice that there is always a ripple effect. I feel like we live in a culture where it's popular to disrespect honor. I want to show you a clip that I watched months ago. Would you guys go ahead and play it? And I don't like to get into politics from stage or anything like that, but I remember watching this. Watch, watch the officers. And I, and I wasn't even watching the news at the time. I was just passing by, and that's what I saw. And it blew me away. Like, I just, it was almost like culture shock. Like, I was like, whoa. We live in a culture where honor is taken for granted. We live in a culture where it's almost like the more you dishonor someone, whether it's on social media, YouTube, whether it's in real life, whether it's on movies, celebrities, wherever it's at, the more you dishonor somebody, politicians, you call it, whatever, right? And this is on both sides of the aisles, right? Okay, so Republicans and Democrats, okay? I've seen it on both sides of the aisle, just equally. The more we do it, it's almost like the bigger the microphone that they give us. I, I remember growing up in a day and age when honor was almost forced on you. I remember as a child, you, it, was like an, it wasn't an option, if you know what I'm talking about. Like you would honor people. You would, you would honor their property. You would not walk across their, their front yard. If you borrow something from your neighbor, you would take care of it. Like even more than if it was your own thing. You would honor school teachers. You would honor people in authority. You would honor moms and dads. You would honor the elderly. And so what I want us to do today is I want us to have a conversation about some, some principles of honor. And I really believe that if you practice this message, you will experience God's blessing in your life. But if you don't, you will be limited. You'll be limited. Just like the people in Jesus' hometown who were limited because they did not honor him. Let's begin with the word of prayer. Father God, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, God. Take over this next 23 minutes, Father. God, I pray that you would speak in such a, in such a bold way, God, that we would wake up. God, that we would be changed by the power of your word. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so number one, here's what I wrote down. Honor is not just about doing what you're asked to do. Honor is not just about doing what somebody asks you to do. Do you know that? You can actually dishonor someone and be doing exactly what you were asked to do. Kids, right? Like, you can dishonor your parents while you're doing the very thing that they ask you to do. Okay, and I know I'm preaching to the parents, most of you right here. All right? Maybe I should be preaching to the kids, right? But I see a few, okay? Um, you can dishonor people with your words. You can dishonor them with your attitude. You can dishonor them with your time or your timing, with the quality of your work. And so you can do the right thing the wrong way. Honor has to do with the attitude of the heart. And so in Proverbs, Proverbs 15, 33, the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is instruction of wisdom, and before honor comes what? Humility. 
before honor is humility. Let me kind of help you understand kind of what I'm talking about, okay? So, like, if you work, like, I'm telling you, two principles you can apply, or two points uh, that you can apply, and I promise you, if you apply them, you will be thanking me in a couple of months. Here's what godly followers will do in the workforce. Here's what they'll say, okay? They'll look at their superior, and they'll say something like this, okay? They'll say, they'll say, Please don't just tell me what to do. Teach me how you think. A godly follower will look at their leader, their superior, and they'll say, hey, don't just tell me what to do. Tell me, teach me how you think. I want to know the way that you do things. I want to know why you do things. I want to know your heart. You know what that shows? That shows incredible honor. But it takes a lot of humility to say those words. Here's the second one. Here's the second one. Here's what a godly follower will say to somebody who's a superior. They'll say something like this. They'll say, it helps me when you tell me as much as you know, as soon as you know it. It helps me when you tell me as much as you know, as soon as you know it, in the spirit in which you heard it. In other words, a godly follower will come up to their superior and they'll say, hey, 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 leader, uh, would you, when the boss comes to you and he shares something with you, would you communicate the message, but not just, not just the words, would you also communicate with me the heart behind the message? Does that make sense? The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Let me illustrate it like this okay and you may you may like this maybe not but i think you you will um do you remember king solomon uh, not king solomon king um david in the bible in the old testament and king saul everybody loved king david everybody honored him king saul not not so much bible says that by the thousands they would come and they would honor david now if you know a thing or two about david you know that david uh, when man in the Bible it tells us like he would go like the one time there was um, there was a lion that had had, a, a, had gotten a hold of a lamb had a lamb by the neck and David you know what David did David goes after the lion now th think about think about this like this like anybody else would have gone back to their superior say hey boss we lost a lamb not a big deal right right. We lost the lamb, you know, the lion had him. Like nobody's going to get on to David. But not, not David. David goes after the lion. He's like, man, I'm, the, the lamb is important. I'm going after the lion. Let me tell you something about your preacher here. If I'm taking care of your dog and a lion's got him by the neck, <laughs> I'm not going after <laughs> I'm not saving your dog, okay? I'm not rescuing him. So, David, David, the guy wrote lots of the Psalms, right? The vast majority of the Psalms, who wrote them? David. I don't see anything about David and Goliath in the Psalms, do you? Let me tell you something else about your pastor. If I'm David, and I'm the one that defeats Goliath, the giant, okay, you will most definitely be hearing about it, okay? <laughs> so here's the, here's the point. 
here's the point. Honor is something, it's not something that you demand from people. Honor is something that people willingly give you because of what you represent. And so honor, number one, it's not just something that, it's not about doing tasks. It's not about doing what you're asked to do. It has to do with the attitude of your heart. Number two, write write this down. If you're taking notes, I'm going to flip it on you, okay? So this honor, okay, so we're not flipping it. This honor shuts down what God has in store for you. This honor shuts down what God has in store for you. So let's go back to the story with Jesus, right? It says, he's telling this, this, this story. He's saying, hey, a prophet is honored everywhere. Wherever a prophet goes in that culture, he's honored. People pay their dues, their respect everywhere. And then he goes to his hometown, and the Bible says that he does only a few miracles. Now, if you read the previous chapter, what you will see is that Jesus was in Capernaum. And he healed everybody. And so you would think that now he's going home. That's the place where he was brought up. That's the place, like he's going back to his roots, right? He's going back to the place, to his people. And you would think that he's going to take care of his people, right? But instead, the Bible says, no, he healed everybody in Capernaum. But when he got home, he only healed a few people in fact let me read it same verse different translation i like to read things from different translations new king james version same verse matthew 13 58 here it is now he jesus did not do let's read the the three words that are underlined with enthusiasm now he did not do many mighty works there it's not that he couldn't it's not that all of a sudden he lost his power It's not that, like, he didn't want to. It's that he just did not do many, what? It's going to come out later, so don't don't forget it. Many, what? Mighty works. He didn't. Not that he couldn't. They had God in the flesh. In that moment, he was there to do miracles. That's the reason why he came, to restore things. We broke things, you know, from the beginning of of things you know we messed everything up jesus comes into the scene and he starts to put things together of course he's going to finish that he's not done yet but one of the things that he was doing is he was healing people he was he was mending broken hearts and broken things and broken bodies and he gets to his hometown they don't honor him and so the bible says that he now he did not do many mighty works there not because he couldn't but simply because God's power was shut off for those people it had nothing to do with his ability Bible says Romans 13 verse 7 says this render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due Customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So let's say that you're 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 work and you have somebody who's who's over you and you don't think that they're qualified to have that position. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever worked anywhere and you look at those people and it's like, how in the world did they get that position? Has that ever happened or is it just me? 
I hope it's not just me, okay? Because then I have a, a pride issue here. Um, so has that ever happened to you? Raise your hand. Yeah, all over the room. Okay, so you've worked at a place, and you looked at somebody, and it's like, how did they in the world did they hire them? They don't know how to treat people. You know, they don't know how to, the systems, they don't know this, they don't know that. And um, we, we all think about that sometime, right? I'll be honest with you. Um, there are times I'll be watching the news, and I'll be, you know, watching a high-ranking government official communicate something, okay? And they communicate in a really poor way. And I'll think, and I, I know, like, I don't, trust me, I don't ever get into politics from stage, but I'll be watching, and I've seen it on both sides, and, um, and, I'll, and they communicate something, and it's so poorly. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I know I'm not the best of communicators, but I really think that I could, man, I just don't understand how we can have somebody in such a high-ranking position in front of thousands. Their words matter. What they're getting ready to say is important. They affect hundreds and thousands of lives, and they say it like that. How in the world? I'm just bringing you into my world, okay? And I'll say that, and I'll, I'll think about it. And then the Lord will convict me because just because somebody is not a good communicator does not mean, does not mean that I can dishonor them, their position, their place, their God-given, ordained placement in our government or wherever else, workforce, you name it. And so just because somebody doesn't have a talent does not give me a right to dishonor them. The Bible actually says that I should be praying for them that I should be lifting them up in prayer. And so honor, number three, honor has to do more with your own standard than anything else. Honor often, it doesn't really have to do with how they're behaving. It has to do with how you are behaving. Honor has to do with you, not with the other person. Now, the Bible gives us a great example. In the book of Numbers, chapter 12, you'll have to read it on your own sometime. I just, I'm going to reference it. Uh, today in the book of numbers you have three siblings you have moses you have miriam and you have aaron and you have basically moses mom jacobit she must have been an incredible woman because i mean she must have been a special lady she raised the first prophet that was moses she raised the first worship leader that was miriam and she raised the first high priest that was aaron and so the Bible says that Moses was elevated above his siblings. And so Moses goes and he marries this uh, Ethiopian girl. And she was of a different nationality. She had a different skin color. And both of his brother and sister do not like it. Okay? And they basically, they, they had a huge falling out. And the Bible says, if you read in Numbers, that says that Aaron and Miriam... They started murmuring. They started talking, dishonoring Moses, their brother. They started talking trash behind his back. And the Bible says that the Lord heard it. And I tell you this because any moment that you dishonor somebody who's in a position of authority, somebody that, man, they don't, they don't know what they're doing, and then you kind of, you know, just like whatever, you just kind of throw a little trash their way, the Lord is listening is what the Bible says. Numbers 12, 2, they said, this is Aaron and Miriam, they said, watch this, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? 
Do you sense? Do you, can you pick up a little bit on the spirit of, of jealousy? Maybe a spirit of, of I, I don't know, pride? Hasn't he spoken through us too? So here you have, you have Moses. God lift him up. God's the one that chose him. God's the one that calls him, right? And then you have brother and sister, and they're, they're, they're kind of planting seeds of doubt. And, and they say, has the, Lord, has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? And look at the, the end of the verse. But the Lord, Numbers 12, 2, but the Lord, what? Heard them. God hears us when we dishonor other people. Whether it's a sibling, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a pe person in a government position, whether it's a coworker, God is listening. And you know what God does? He hears them and he calls Moses. Hey, Moses, come over here. He says, I want you to get, grab your brother and your sister, Aaron and Miriam, and I want you guys to meet me at the door of the tabernacle. Now, this is huge, folks. Like, I don't know that I've ever seen this anywhere else in the Scripture. Remember the tabernacle was like, like, like God's first earthly church, right? His essence was in the holies of holies. Remember that? Like, he would never step out of there. Like, the priest would go in once a year. And so this was a very special tent. This was a special place. It represented everything about God. The people would come to the tabernacle. Sins would be forgiven. It was a big deal. God never stepped forward outside that veil. Never. And God looks at Moses and he says, Tell your brother and your sister to meet me at the door of the tabernacle because what's going on is so strong and it's so disturbing to me that I need to talk to them. It's like, Whoa, okay, Lord. <laughs> yes, sir. And he says, I'm not going to let them dishonor the man that I called, that I chose. I'm not going to let the spirit of dishonor that was in Lucifer come into my first little earthly church that I'm establishing here among my people. And he says, who do you think you are? I talk to everybody else in dreams and visions, but Moses is different. I talk to him face to face. Look in verse 8, Numbers 12, 8. I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. In other words, God is telling Aaron and Miriam, he's saying, you are, you are eating the food that he prayed for. You're drinking the water. Remember when Moses took the stick and he hit the rock, right? And, and you know that like the, it, it turns into a water fountain, essentially. And so God is telling them, he's saying, you're drinking the water that if it wasn't for Moses, I don't know if I would have given it to you. You're dishonoring my man. And the Bible says that Miriam, who had a problem with Moses' wife because of the color of her skin, gets leprosy, and her skin turns white. Talk about God having a funny sense of humor, right? And Moses runs to God, and he says this, verse 13. So Moses cried out to the Lord, Oh God, I beg you, please heal her. And the Lord says to Moses, verse 14, don't miss it. It's a, it sounds a little bit harsh, but there's a point to all of this, okay? So let me explain it. Verse 14, Lord says, end of verse 14, he says, keep her outside the camp for seven days. 
and after that she may be accepted back let me tell you something about leprosy if if you had leprosy this morning you would not have to tell anybody to stay away from you okay it's a very contagious disease it's a it's a very visible disease more than covid like if you if somebody here has covid like you may you may find out you may figure it out right and you don't want to be close to them you don't want to you want to be healthy you know but but if you had leprosy it was very obvious and so god says you need to stay away from her you need to create some distance and let me let me let me um let me give you the last point and we'll, we'll wrap up with this if a person has a spirit of dishonor you ought to treat them like a leper now listen to me i know you'll be like Ooh, oh pastor you're stepping on my toes today okay i'm sorry um but the lord stepped on my toes earlier this week <laughs> i'm just giving you what he gave me if a person has a spirit of dishonor you ought to treat them like a leper moses comes running to the lord and he says please god heal her and god goes hit the brakes not so fast moses keep her outside the camp for seven days you're going to separate yourself from her if a person has a spirit of dishonor the command from god's word is to separate is to treat them like they have leprosy until they get over their spiritual disease why because the lord knows that leprosy is contagious and he knows that dishonor is actually contagious leprosy is a disease that affects your your nerve endings so so that you can't feel things anymore dishonor is the same thing when a person has a spirit of dishonor they lose their ability to feel what god is doing in tangible powerful ways they may go through the motions they may stand up and worship they may say prayers they may be a great preacher they may whatever but they do not feel the tangible power of god's word in their lives so you just go through the motions they just go through the motions that's why jesus with all of his power Bible says he did not heal many in his hometown. They dishonored him. They limited themselves. Let me kind of wrap it up. So who should we honor, Pastor? A few people that you should honor from Scripture. Okay, I'm going to ask our worship team to get in place. Listen to what the Bible says. Bible says, husbands, honor your wives as Christ loved the church. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So let me ask you, do you honor your spouse or do you just treat them like they're just somebody else? Like they're just like the roommate, right? Number two, the Bible says, children, honor your father and you know it, and mother. Honor them. It doesn't put any qualifiers there. Honor them if they're good. No, no. It says, honor your father and mother they're not perfect they're going to make mistakes honor them anyway jesus on his way to the cross most important mission of humanity he's on his way to die for the sins of the world the bible says in john that that he stops he looks at john the only disciple that did not run away because of persecution he was there at the cross next to him was mary jesus mom and the bible says that jesus stops looks at john and he says to john in front of mary his mom he says this is your mother which 
It wasn't, but it's like, I know the mission. I'm going to die. I'm going to leave. And he says, John, from now on, this lady who's my mom, she's going to be your mom right now. You need to take care of her. You need to honor her. You need to protect her. You need to provide for her. And the Bible says that from that moment on, from this time on, this disciple took her into his home. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this. The next verse John 19, 26. Listen to this. Then Jesus knew that everything was now finished. In other words, the most important mission of humanity, to die for the sins of the world. And Jesus says, puts a stop. He says, I got to honor my mom before I know that everything is now finished from this point forth he knew that everything was now finished bible says we should honor our spouses we should honor our parents first timothy 5 17 the bible says let the elders same greek word for pastors in the in the in the original language let the pastors let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor you believe in the mission of life point if you if this is your church home bible says and i have i have total confidence i can say this because i'm speaking on based on the authority of god's word bible says you should honor your pastors that includes me that includes pastor nicholas pastor sergio we should honor them look at it one more we honor our spouses, we honor our parents, we honor our government officials. One last but not least. Next verse. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. God's word is very clear. You honor the Lord with your heart. You honor him with, with your life. You honor him with, with your talents. You honor him with, with all of your affection, with your mind, with your body, with your possessions. And when you step away from Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, what you're doing is you're dishonoring God the Father, the very one that gives you the air to breathe right now. And in doing so, you're shutting off many mighty works that he has ready for you to do. And so I don't know about you, but I want to live a life where everything I do honors him. My mind, my body, what I eat, the thoughts that I have, physically, sexually, spiritually, emotionally, in every way. I want to honor Him. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, you pray with me. God, thank you for the reminder that honor is not just about doing what we're asked to do. It's not about following a bunch of rules. It's about the way we do it. Thank you for the reminder that honor is not something that we can demand from people. 
It's something that people will freely give to us because of what we represent. God, thank you for reminding us that this honor shuts the door to all the miracles that God wants to accomplish in our lives. Thank you for reminding us that honor really has to do with, with us, with our standards, not necessarily how other people are behaving. God, I pray that any time we come in contact with somebody that has a spirit of dishonor, may, may you remind us of your word. That it is contagious, just like leprosy. It can make us sick. We ought to treat them like a leper. This is what your word tells us. We ought to put some distance between us and them until they get over their spiritual disease. God, it is our heart's desire to be a generation of honor. We freely give honor to those who've come before us, to those who serve beside us, and to those who are above us. Help us in this endeavor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.